Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome back, everyone, to the Flow Track Podcast. FlowTrackPodcast at gmail.com is our email address. Thanks for tuning in. We're recording this, as always, at 9 a.m. Central Sharp, live before a YouTube studio audience. I'm Kevin Sully, and joining me, the director of the Ben True Workout Snyder Cut, it is Gordon Mack. Good morning, Gordon. Uh, yeah, longest workout Wednesday, I think, in the history of workout Wednesdays. It's up on our site. It'll be on YouTube shortly as well. 48 minutes long. Who would have thought we could make it that far? That's like longer than an episode of Game of Thrones. And it's a Ben True workout. Five by 2K plus 600 at the end. Gotta love it. Listen, Ben True, he's up there in the Northeast. Not a lot of people pay attention to him. So this is a good behind the scenes look at what he's up to in pursuit of an Olympic team. He ran that fast 10K not too long ago. I'm going to dive in. I'm going to need to clear out my schedule, though, because, again, this is over 40 minutes of a workout. I'm going to dive I'm gonna dive right in when I have some time in my schedule and, and watch Ben True click off some, some 2Ks. This is exciting. Any, any insight you can give us about the workout? Anything we should look for? I uh, got to meet um, his training partner, which is a unique situation. He trains with uh, Dan Kurtz, formerly of Iowa State, who mm-hmm. I think I heard that he he's like basically a full-time training partner. And it's this cool little dynamic that they have to like kind of how he navigates the non-sponsored era of his career. Uh, kind of interesting. I asked him a few questions about that at the end of the workout. So if you can make it through the full 48 minutes, you get the little <laughs> interview at the end. Uh, so you got you got to st- stick into it. Uh, but he looks fit. He looks – it wasn't like a barn burner workout, but not every workout's supposed to be like that. It was just a, mm-hmm. a solid workout. And I think he can make the t- 10K team. I have him ranked third in our rankings. Mm-hmm. And I think – He's figured out the 10K. He's able to get a fast time when he did that at the sound running meet. Uh, he's he's a gamer. I mean, he made the, the world team in 2019. Again, it wasn't he wasn't top three. He got in because of people pulling out, like Drew Hunter had a scratch because of injury and stuff like that. But hey, I think he's motivated. It's he's going a whole year and a half, like two years p- potentially, of running without a sponsor after having a sponsor for his entire career. He's definitely motivated. He has a baby coming on the way. I got to meet his wife. Yeah. She's super pregnant in the in the video. You can see her. Um, so, yeah, overall, great workout. Check it out. We have a clip here. I want to show a little clip. Workout is Ben. Getting some warm-up. Look at that footage. A little behind the scenes. A Gordon Mack special there, a little side shuffle. I used to warm up like that. Some skipping going on here. So this was New Hampshire, correct? Yeah, New Hampshire, uh, about an hour away from from Boston because I was in Boston filming a different workout, so I drove up. It's like this random small school track, middle of nowhere. 
uh, there was a, you'll see this when it comes through, there's a lacrosse bro who's like practicing lacrosse in the middle of the field. Wait for it. <laughs> Here he is. And, oh, he's not there. Oh, there, yeah, there he is. Boom. Lacrosse. Yeah. So, uh, it was, it was fun. It was a fun workout. Uh, super chill. It was kind of cool. It's a small, like D3 school. And there was like a coach yeah. there who's like this older gentleman who had a lot of like old school, like track apparel on. And he was like freaking out that Ben True chose to like work out on his track. He was like, cause I was there and he's like, why are you yeah. here? Who are you? I was like, I'm with flow track. I'm filming a workout. Oh, he's like, really? I was like, yeah, Ben True's. He's like, Ben True's coming. And then he got really excited. He like watched the whole thing was like asking questions. So it was overall also, a good workout. Yeah, check it out. You did a good job. I believe that in the background there was the highest point in all of New Hampshire behind him when he was running those those reps. Picturesque track there. Yeah, picturesque track. Colby, uh, what's the name of the? I should give a shout out to the name of the track. Colby, I think it's something. Colby, how? Ah, uh -oh. I feel bad. I should, I should, I should know the name of the track. New Hampshire D three school. That should narrow it down. I'm, I'm Googling. I'm Googling. New Hampshire Deacon Schools. Well, why are you go. Google? Col oh, here, Col Colby Sawyer. Colby Sawyer was named the, the school in New London, New Hampshire. Colby Sawyer. So big shout there out to go. them. All right. Uh, on the site, on the YouTube page, excuse me, tomorrow, as people know who've been tuning into the show, we're releasing a flow film every week. First week is Jenny Simpson. You can check that out. Then it was just tonight. This week, it's Trayvon Bromel's turn. His flow film will be unlocked on our YouTube page. You can check that out. And we have an interview coming with Trayvon on, well, Thursday. You talked to him yeah, yesterday. Tomorrow. The interview's coming up tomorrow. Yeah, guys, sit, sit down with him, talk about the film. He gave some uh, pretty interesting tidbits, talked about his season, um, his thoughts on his chance in the 100-meter dash, and uh, gave me some interesting uh, behind-the-scenes looks on it. When he first turned pro, um, mm -hmm. I don't get. Basically, he had a car addiction when, and he goes into detail. It's kind of wild. So, check out that interview when he talks about basically when someone gives him a lot of money at a young age at nineteen in cash, right. he's gonna do some crazy things with it. And his crazy thing was buying cars. So, and he goes into Oof. detail about that. It was kind of funny. He said uh, okay. he has since sold a bunch of them back, but at the, in the height of the moment, he was like, what am I doing? Why am I collecting all these cars? You know. So. Did you ask him about the 200 last weekend? Yeah. Uh, he said he just – him and the 200, it's kind of a love-hate relationship. You kind of – you get to be in the right mindset for it. Um, he's all in on the 100. I asked him, right. like, what's your confidence level? He says, like – he didn't want to like reveal it, but like the times I'm running in practice, we have fully automatic timing in practice. I'm yeah. ready to go. So he's a. Uh, I don't. I think he's definitely one of the best. So, I mean, he's gonna <laughs> run uh, this weekend. He's running this weekend in Eugene. We'll see. The weather okay. might be iffy, but uh, I asked him like, "Are you fit? Are you healthy? Are you mentally healthy?" And he's like, "Oh yeah." He was super like confident. He wasn't okay. coming well, off an injury or anything like that. So. People can check that one out tomorrow. The episode will drop on Thursday of the pod and also the Bromel film. If you haven't seen it yet, you can go onto the YouTube page and watch it there tomorrow. And then we'll be back on Friday, obviously, with our regular live pod at 9 a.m. Central. You brought up the Eugene meet. I want to start there. Let's start in with the Eugene meet coming up this weekend because they released the start list, at least for the collegiate part of this, Gordon. And... The headline here, man, you're going to like this, Gordon. You're going to like this. Guess what we're going to talk about? We're going to talk about the men's 5,000. Hawker, Tier, Kip2, Kurgot. It's all happening. That's that's a great lead way. Am I supposed to respond to that? It's all happening. You're just speechless. You're just, you're just speechless. I was setting the table for you to come up with, uh, they're going to break the collegiate record or say something crazy. At this point, which well, I will would be say hard. This, if you, we have the the entries. Um, should we put them up on the screen? Are they on the screen? There was one entry that kind of threw me off at first. If you scroll to the top, entry number one, mm -hmm. this may be inappropriate, but I thought it was a typo. I thought they just said Kenyan Abdi, and I was like, that sounds. I felt like that was a little 
messed up, but it was really a Kanan Abdi. Great name. Is it? How do you say that? Okay. Kenan Abdi. I got to be honest. I can't see that that well. Oh, you can't see. So it. I don't. I, I well, made it what it says. Go ahead. It's fine. Keen, anyway, I thought it was a funny first name. Just that's a side side note. Regardless, uh, but yeah, Cole Hawker. Uh, talk Kip about two. the five thousand, Gordon. Talk about the four of the big. What are we talking? Calling them the big eight or something in the men's five thousand this year, and we get to no, see them. Like big, it's big fifty-five. I mean, it's big ridiculous. fifty. Nah, no, there was that initial list that you had, and yes. you had everybody's resume, and I think there were eight names on that. Mance was on there as well. You had Kip Two, Kurgot. I didn't think we had Hawker on there because we just assume Hawker is going to run the fifteen hundred. Yeah, I mean, what what do we have currently in the rankings for the top eight? Uh, we'll bring those up. We have a new uh, side producer, our boy Travis Miller out there, helping us with getting some graphics up. But there's our current rankings. Grijalva 1, Kip uh, Tier 2, Kurgai mm-hmm. 3, Kip 2, 4, Herrera 5, Nico Young 6, Amon Kembo 7, and Connor Mance 8. So seeing Kip 2, Kurgai, and Tier, basically 2, 3, 4, all running in this race. They have yet to run the 5K this season. Um, throwing yep. Cole Hawker, who almost beat uh, Centrowitz in a 5K back in December. It's going to be a good race. Who do you think? Who do you, who? Oh, also like, there's some like low key other good like the Stanford guys are in this meet. I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's not even just going to be that big four show. Like, there's going to be other people like sneaking in who are pretty good. I think there's going to be a lot of like 1340 caliber guys who are going to come out of this race running 1330s because the Hawkers, the Tears, the Kip 2s are going to be in the 1320s, to th- potentially 13-teens to kind of pull them all through. So it is going to be a wild fight. Like, by the end of this race, dude, you could be like 50th in the country and be like 1340. It's going to be insane. Okay. Well, you can focus on the 1340 people. I want to focus at the top here. Because I'm looking okay. at the all-time NCAA list. Number five all-time outdoors, according to USTFCCCA, is Labby Lalang's 1318. How many people do you think will run under 1318 in this race? I mean, four, right? You got to b- believe the Iowa State duo and the Oregon duo can all run under 1318, which is insane. Lowry Lang could go from fifth all time to ninth all time in one race. I mean, do you think that's a crazy statement to say all four could break 1318? Not a crazy statement at all. My only reluctance would be we might get in a situation where two of them are just running to qualify, or maybe three of them are just running to qualify, and one of them goes out there as to set the world on fire, but there's nobody else with them. But oh, certainly all four of them have the capability to run that quick. All four of them have the capability of running even higher up that list. 1308 from Henry Rono, number one. Bit of a reach, bit of a stretch, not impossible by, by the end of the season. I would be surprised if that happens on Saturday in this race. But if you told told me that on Monday we were talking about four new guys in the top five all time no i mean look at what hawker did indoors look at what cheers already done in the 5000 look at what kip two did in the indoor meet with no competition look at what kurgat's resume looks like no not at all it's just a matter of are they all going to work together to bring the best out of each other or is it going to be a situation where they're all running uh and looking around at each other trying to just get get a win but we don't know that and that's part of the fun yeah, I mean, the thing is, though, while there is the need of getting a top 32 mark, which isn't really much for these big four, mm-hmm. there is the Olympic standard that's something that Cooper Tier and maybe right. even Cole Hawker are going to want. Um, Hawker, maybe not as much because he's kind of be focused most likely in the 1500, but yeah. it's good to have multiple standards in your back pocket. Um, what is the <clears throat> Olympic standard? Um, bring it up. Oh, it's 13, 13.5. Right, 13.5. Yep. So, stand in the U.S. in the 5K. Let's bring that up. This was this hasn't been updated 100% up to date, but um, if you screen that over, yeah, I mean, 
there's a bunch of people who already have the 1313. I mean, Fisher there, 1302, yeah. Chalimo, 1304, Bohr, 1305, McGordy, 1306, Klecker, then Kip Churcher, True there, Jenkins, Arasa, and then people on uh, the world rankings. So Tier and Hawker aren't on that list. They could probably get on that list if they run 1313. I can see the, the dynamic of Tier. Most importantly, it's probably really eyeing that Olympic standard. Yeah. Throw in yeah. a Kiptu who runs out of his mind, will go out in 60 seconds no matter what. Yeah. Throw in the idea that Kerr got is not going to want to lose to his teammate. Throw in the fact that Cole Hawker is going to be like, screw it, let's have some fun. All four <laughs> of them, as a result, should run in the 13 teams. That's what I so think. The, so the domino that makes this whole thing go is Cooper Tier wanting the – Olympic standard, and that sets into motion a chain of events, which leads yes. to four guys in the top five NCAA all time. I could, I could prescribe to that theory. There's also the possibility. It is weird if you were just going for an NCAA qualifier. All of these guys obviously are capable of doing that in their sleep, of getting into the top 32 in the region. You think, okay, I don't need to do that in this big of a meet. I can just do that in a smaller setting especially if you're Iowa State. Why go all the way out there if you're not going to take advantage of the conditions and the competition? Someone pointed out uh, in the chat, Funky Jam dude who's blowing up the chat right now, there have been out-of-season times that are faster than Henry Rono's 13.08. There's actually been four performances. Lowey Lang's 13 flat, 13.03, 13.07, and Eric Jenkins' is 13.07. But if you're talking about in-season, uh, 13.08, Henry Rono is the number one mark according to the USTFCCCA. I like that theory. I think there's something I think there's something to that because how many opportunities is he going to have to run the Olympic standard? And we've talked about it before. If you want to be a factor at the trials, you need to have the Olympic standard. It's tough to try to navigate top three and get an Olympic standard. This would seem to be a good shot for him. I wonder though, Gordon, if we're going to see a, a bit of a mid-season lull in the distance performances. Because people got going so quick indoors, they carried that through to the beginning of outdoors. Does it dip down a little bit before it gets going again before we get to the apex of the season in June? See, I think that is more likely to happen in sprint events. I feel like a lot of times the sprint events come off a high going into like Texas relays and they kind of get that fast mark early. And then the April is kind of the slower, like uh, nothing much going on. And then they peak yeah. again once SECs comes around and prelims and nationals. Uh, whereas distance, it's like, if you don't have the mark, I mean, the probably, I can see them only be like, hey, this is our only 5K before prelims mm -hmm. at NCAA. So let's just get it now and then focus on running some fast 1500s, you know, some fast whatever, like 3Ks. Mm -hmm. So they're not like overstraining themselves. Because, you know, like none of the NAU guys have run their 5Ks or 10Ks yet, right? They've been waiting yeah. till yeah. now to to do that type of stuff. The Oregon guys, I mean, Cooper Terry, he hasn't run his his 5K yet. Slowly, I think for the distance wise, I think now is when we might start seeing some quicker 5K performance because the Iowa State guys haven't run it yet, Oregon guys haven't running yet, the NAU guys haven't running yet. Um, I think it's. But well, we did see that Hayward premiere. We did see those times pop off with the Hayward premiere right after. Yeah, but cross none of them almost. were, none of them were from Oregon or NAU or Iowa State, right? I mean, right. look at the list no, that right. we have right now. There's the BYU Colorado show. Stanford started yeah. getting theirs in. I mean, look at that list right now. How many guys have broken thirteen thirty? Five guys. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I think it's now time for Iowa State, Oregon, and NAU to kind of extend that list, basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Another race I want to talk about happens today, so we got to talk about it quickly. Travis is going to have to clip this one, just put it up on the site, like right now. But it's what I'm calling the most consequential USATF men's road mile in history because we have Engels versus Murphy on, on the men's side of things. Women's headlined by, I think you'd say, Rachel Schneider be the favorite. I mean, I want to see Alexa Ephraimson in there now that she's training with Pete Julian. But... Angles v. Murphy, former teammates. I'm excited to see 
this road mile. And listen, road mile again, doesn't get a lot of love, does not get a lot of love. We have the, oh yeah, we can pull up the, the start list here too. Ryan Hill in this thing. So this should be a, this should be a fun one. Gordon, you got a pick? I think, I don't, I don't have a pick, no pick. But my thoughts are, it is a Clayton Murphy litmus test race. We haven't seen him in a long time. We saw him a little bit in the 800 indoor. Once. I want to see once. I, I just want to see what he is right now. If he goes in there and is like his usual self, it's going to be like, all right, the 1500, he's a potential sneaking in to run the 1500. We talked about that. Could he do a 15800 double to kind of double his odds of making an Olympic team? Uh, mm -hmm. I'm just most excited to see how good he is. Is he up there with angles? Is he in, is he able to blow away the field in the final 150, 200? Because after angles, it's kind of not that crazy, right? After angles and Murphy. I mean, Hill, he's not really a 1500 meter runner anymore. Yeah. Pat Casey's kind of more of a 13, 38, 39 guy. Avila, same thing. Alvarado, kind of same thing. So I think we will have to wait and see. Yeah. So, well, and we don't know. You're right. We don't know where, where either of these guys are out. Murphy runs the 148 indoors. I mean, you put that tweet out that you talked about where he was hundred percent, right? Nothing mattering except for where you're at, at the Olympic trials from angles perspective, you ran a couple indoor 800s and then ran the, the 1336 in Austin in the 5k, but no one's looking at angles 5k time and extrapolating what he's going to be able to do at the trials. And nobody's looking at an indoor 800 from Clayton Murphy and, and, and thinking, okay, this is for sure what he's going to do in June. Now that we're two months away again, I think we finally, we're getting to the most consequential road mile here, Gordon, in, in recent memory. So you're calling it the most consequential road mile, but Clayton Murphy has already said, go back, put that tweet back up, in nine, it doesn't matter. Nothing matters. So he could get first mm -hmm. or last in this most consequential Kevin Sully-themed road mile, and uh, <laughs> it won't matter. So listen, that's, I'm, just tr I'm just trying to hype the road mile. I got to admit, I don't have the entire history of road miles in front of me. You have to be really deep in the weeds to know exactly the history of every single road mile. But anything that's only eight weeks before the trials is going to take on greater significance and then you have two guys who are are qualifier level have made teams before in their in their respective events i want to see it i think it could mean something i think it could actually mean something this time that's what i'm that's what i'm looking forward to well i think a bunch of these people are coming back and doubling back to run the 1500 on the track at drake at drake, drake? yeah okay yeah, let me – yeah, on the final day, well, yeah, Avila, uh, yeah, everyone, Mer they're all running a 1,500. Throwing Robbie Andrews, uh, Rob Napolitano, our favorite mm -hmm. runner. Uh, so – and same thing on the women's side. So I feel like they're kind of getting like a – simulating like rounds in a way. You got your mm -hmm. road mile, and then a few days later, you have another 1,500 to kind of train your body what it's like to put two hard efforts in back-to-back against okay. a tactical field. So I think that'll be kind of good for both the men and women all around. You found someone else in the start line at Drake. They tried to sneak it past us, Gordon. They tried to do the yeah. classic misdirection play here. But you being an Eagles fan and being a devoted follower of the Philly special, you know where to keep your eyes trained. You got Nico Young scampering to the right when everybody's going over here to the left to run at the Drake Relays 5K. Is anybody else running this from... from from NAU, or is this just a Nico special? Well, first of all, if you look at the NAU Athletics website, there's no mention of Drake Relays anywhere on their schedule. Uh, but they are sending three guys to their to the 5K. Um, okay. In Nico Young, Abdi Hamanur, and Blaze Farrow. I think this could probably be in connection to their coach is marrying Rachel Schneider, who's running there in the 1500 and the and the miles. So kind of kill two birds one stone you can kind of see your future wife run and also coach your future olympians in the, okay. in, the, in the 5k that's what i think i don't know i mean maybe it's kind of zigging and zagging 
it's a good field and it probably prepares them. They don't need to be thrown in with the wolves with, you know, Tier, Hawker, Kip right, Tier, right. But also it could have been maybe they couldn't get into that meet. You know, maybe they it's an easier this Drake relays was an easier meet to get in. Hold up. And it kind of hold up, gets hold the same up. job. They couldn't get into the meet. They couldn't get they couldn't get into the Oregon meet after Nico what he did in cross country. Abdahamid Dur, Blaze Farrow can't send him the cross country race video and say these guys need to be in the fast heat. You really think that's the case? I wouldn't be surprised. It's hard to get in these, okay. some of these meets. They probably like, <laughs> hey, no, we gotta let all the stand, we gotta get all the Pac-12 schools in. They, they're not. They, they. I guarantee you, they probably like had priority of order of like who's already. I don't think everyone is like just being like just because you're fast you're in. Not all schools. I'm. Do you think Oregon is like begging to have NAU at their meet? No, they're begging to let Tier and Hawker win. That's what they want. Well, then they shouldn't have let Iowa State in the meet either. I mean, you could take that to to an extreme viewpoint. So it's not the Nico misdirection. It's the Nico Nerf Faro misdirection. Yes. Everybody going one way, they're going the other way. I kind of like it. I got to admit, I kind of like it. So who else? Can you put that start list up again? I want to see who else is in that field. Can we scroll on that? Is that possible to scroll? I know I might be getting too uh, too uh, ambitious here. But oh, wait, do I all the? Did I see a Morgan McDonald there? As well, yeah. too. I so, see a Reed Fisher, Leonard Cre Dude, this is a fast race. This is a fast yeah. race. So this one might Karen be as Lums, quick as the yeah. other one. Yeah, Ben Flanagan. German Macheso is is solid. This is a good race. I see a 13-18 P PB there. Yeah, with Endo there. Is this one going to be quicker than the one in Oregon? I don't know. I don't think so, but I think it still will be quick. I think it'll probably be a winning time in the 1320s. That's what low 1320s. That's what I think. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I'm not sure. I think it's, yeah, that's what I would. We'll never know the answer to this because nobody would tell us the answer, and no one really cares other than me and you and maybe six other people. But I would love to know if they <laughs> literally did not let NAU into the <laughs> this meet at Hayward. Sorry, man. Nico, who? Abdihamid, who? I, I don't I don't know who you nope. Sorry. Gotta let all these other Pac-12 people in. PB is just I mean, not good it enough. Could be a thing. I don't know. Maybe, I'll Maybe you gotta finish me. you gotta finish top three in cross country to guarantee yourself a spot. Was that the cutoff? Come on. Come on. I wanna know though. If anybody I think knows. the cutoff is first comes first message. serves to Pac-12 schools. That's what I think the cutoff was. Okay. But all right, that'd be that'd be pretty wild. Yeah. All right, uh, world relays is that this weekend? Uh, no, it's next weekend. It's next weekend. No one's, but no one's running it. Well, yeah, no. USA's U.S. is not running. running. U.S. isn't running it. Jamaica isn't running it. You look at the release for this meet, and it's the names that they're they're promoting. You're already like, okay, this is not the world relays that we remember. And I'm a big proponent of world relays. I didn't go like you did. I'm assuming you liked it because you got to go to the Bahamas. Uh, this year, it's not in the Bahamas, but this year, it's going to be a rough one. No no U.S., no no Jamaica. And as of yesterday, Jamaica was in. I don't know. I want to get all up in arms about it. Oh, the U.S. should be sending a team, but I also don't really see a purpose given this current situation. And I remember, was it the world half championships that they pulled out of last yes. year? Okay. Which at the time we're like, okay, interesting decision. A lot of countries are going, but do we remember that at all? Like I had to just ask you right now, it was the world half championships, right? Because even in the best of years, the U S often doesn't send their strongest core of half marathoners. They send some good half marathoners. Sometimes you get the best half marathoner, but you don't get, every spot filled up by the best people in the United States from the top of your team to your bottom of your team, right? There's a lot of people who pass on that spot. So it's hard to get upset or exercise when you they skip a, a meet or a competition that they don't take seriously, even when they send a full complement of athletes. Kevin, I hate to break it to you, but world championship is not the global outdoor event does not have the best of the best. I'm including world relays, world half, world 
marathon if they ever because uh, they world marathon yeah world championships uh, yeah 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 uh world indoors world all world cross country none of them have top to bottom the best of the best except for the global championship and the reason why is because our sport like clayton murphy said in his tweet no one cares about it except for the one moment at the end and it's yeah. just the, the the way it is uh World World Athletics can try to create all these events that aren't World Championships, but yeah. until they are looked at, at e as equal to a World Global title, they will never be equal in the minds of the athletes because the athletes' minds purely are associated with their contract. And I don't think Nike is writing yeah. any signing bonus for a top 10 finish at world half or a gold medal at the world relays. Yeah. No, I, I hundred percent understand. I'm talking about this year specifically though, two months before the trials, when people don't really want to travel, it's an even tougher ask. So I understand why they're not going at all. They do have, I don't know if we have the start list up again here. I want to zoom in. This is the event I'm going to watch at the world relay since the U S Jamaica, they're not running go all the way down. We got this, the shuttle hurdles relay. I think only four countries are, are represented, but that's going to be my, you know, how people really obsess over curling at the winter Olympics. This is going to be the event that I really get into. There's again, there's not many, there's not many teams in it. I think it's only four. It's tough to run a shuttle hurdle relay, right? Cause you, you take up a bunch of lanes doing it. You can't, it's not like you can put eight teams on the track to do it. So we're left with just a, a small group here of, let's see who's in it. Germany. Well, Jamaica was in it, so they're out. Germany, Kenya, and Poland. Just three teams here. Germany, I think the, Kenya, yeah, I Poland. think the, the entries we're looking at are by country and, and not by event, so that's probably why. But Okay, well, I got it right here. If, and it's mixed gender, too. So Germany... Kenya and Poland, three teams you think about when you think of the best hurdle nations in the world. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be on the edge of my seat. I might try to see if I can so gamble on this one. There's four teams, right? You said? Well, Jamaica scratched, I'm assuming. So Jamaica there's only three teams now. Yeah, Germany, Kenya, Poland. That's it. So I mean they all medal. That that award ceremony is gonna be hilarious. They're just gonna yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be great. Hey I'm all in. Why did they should cancel the event? No, no, no. The difference between gold and bronze in a in this relay, Gordon, is everything. Don't take this from me. This is my this is my event. In this, this reminds. Whenever we're gonna see the whatever uh, governing body tweets out like the congratulations to the third place shuttle relay team, it's gonna remind me of SIDs when they talk about like cross country championships like yeah so and so university finished 29th at the NCAA championships as like at 29 out they they never leave out that it was 29 out of 31 or like led by a top 50 finish out of like 60 runners you know yeah yeah SIDs yeah. are really able to make a performance that would last feel like a notable performance we're going to see yeah. that from the third place shuttle relay country it's twitter account yeah someone brought up a good point in the chat mixed gender so they have to switch the hurdle heights or what i mean they're gonna have to take up a whole bunch of lanes is what you're gonna have to do which you have to do anyway in the uh in shuttle hurdle in shuttle hurdle relays yeah this is it's interesting so the two by two by four like belarus only has two people entered which is well, I mean, they don't have any alternates entered. So it's just like those two or nobody. Because all these other countries have four people entered. So if something happens to one person, then they're going to be in a rough spot here. Um, I'm trying to think of like who the best actual like team is. It's probably, is it Belgium rolling with the Borleys? It probably is in any of these relays, correct? Like the most in common with the actual championship relay team. I think it's the Borleys here. Yeah. Is my boy career running? I think he is. In the 4x4? Four four? Or the mixed gender? 4x4? Yeah, four four? Do you mixed we'll gender or is he doing? We'll probably see a legit uh, 
Emmanuel Career is in the yeah, he's entered in the he's mixed in the... gender four by four. Okay. And he's not in the see, why not put him in the two by two by four? He's the yeah, perfect candidate. Brazier has explained this before. Donovan Brazier has explained this before. You put the 800-meter runner in the 2 by 2 by 4 You don't put the 400-meter runner in it. So I got a lot of notes, basically, for World Relays this year. I, I have a lot of things I'm looking for and a lot of questions. I just hope no one on Belarus's 2 by 2 by 4 gets injured of the two people because that would be tough. I want to tune into that mixed-gender shuttle hurdle relay. That's going to be interesting. Uh, and I'm of course, you know, I'm going to second guess Kenya's decision to not put Edwin, uh, Edwin, excuse me, uh, I made a career on that two by two by four. I bet we'll see like a decent four by one from some team, some like France or somebody will will put out a solid time. Some countries run this because it this qualifies them for the world. Like they use this as qualifying for the world champion. The U.S. never has to worry about that because they put any four people out at Texas Relays, and that's the USA qualifying time. Excuse me, I just knocked my mic. Uh, but other countries use this as a, a method to, to qualify. Yeah, I think, uh, we have a video. Let's show that video of Brazil's four by one. They were running at, uh, Brian Clay. We'll switch, we're getting switch that really over. fancy with the, with the production. Look at here. this. Yeah. For those who don't know, we're trying to enhance our podcast by having some more visuals. We got Travis throwing in some assets to make the live show more viewable than just Kevin's face and my face. But yeah, mm -hmm. Brazil, I mean, this is them running against basically a bunch of D2 schools, right? So they're they're much better. <laughs> right? I mean, this, this is good man. analysis. They're much better <laughs> than some D2 schools. Yeah, Brazil does I mean, a training camp down at down in Southern California. So they didn't travel there just for this race. They've been based out of there. But that's their that's their qualifying. We don't really engage that much with this sort of stuff because yeah. it's just assumed the u.s is going to qualify in the four by one the four by four but other teams other countries oftentimes have to get their best group together and run early season meets in order to get a to get a qualifier um anything else you're Man, looking I, for at the world relay I, really wished, I thought jamaica was going to be still be there but now that jamaica's not there it's really slim pickings for the marquee like who are they going to put on the graphic for like promoting this event well this is who they have this is who they have they have pavel Mazlock, femke bowl and akane sambine are in the lead of the world athletics release they had elaine thompson hurrah in it but then jamaica scratch but even with her i was looking at the men's side of things johan blake was not running on the women's side shelly and fraser price wasn't running again even if teams didn't scratch i don't think the people that represented the teams would have been as good as they've been in the past and in the past it's been good hasn't been great it's been good at, at previous editions of the world relays i'm excited for it to come back in full force i hope they put it back in the bahamas why because i want gordon to show me around the bahamas i don't know if that's in the budget for 2022 2023 tw whenever whenever we have the meet again no it's not okay i'm being told it's not in the budget okay um Here's All the right. question. Here's yeah, the question. Ready? Do it. Houston men, 3849. <clears throat> LSU women have run 4287. This is a 4x1 times. 4x4. Four four. North Carolina AT has run 3 flat 23. Yeah. And Arkansas women have run 32663. Those are the top times in the NCAA. And a 4x1. My answer is no. Four by I know four. what you're asking. And my answer is no. What, what place will those marks be? at the world relays first 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 and first they're gonna run fast i don't think they're gonna run that fast and that's so not a controversial the, opinion is that a controversial before, opinion a bunch of college kids are gonna be faster than you keep calling than, uh, kids the in world the world relays these, champion you keep calling athletes in the ncaa a bunch of college kids as if it's you and three of your dorm buddies at johns hopkins this is the best athletes in the world hey, like hey, hey. Hey, and it's international too. It's not even one country. You're getting the best people from the ages of 18 to 22, which if you're running a four by four and you look at the median age of how fast people run the 400, 18 to 22 is close to the sweet spot. So no, no, it does not. It will not. It will surprise me if someone runs a faster time than those college performances. Prove me wrong. I think 
a country should be better than a school. That's all I'm saying. No, you're a whole freaking country and you can't be better than a campus. Come on. I mean, that's sort of oversimplifying it, especially with a, with a smaller country and a, a school that recruits people smaller from countries, all over the world. The smallest country is probably the size of like 50 college campuses, right? But you I don't, don't know. Maybe but that, more. That's not. But no, you're selecting people from all over the world. It's not like, again, it's not like they got a random group of people who showed up at Johns Hopkins and said, you run the 4 by 4 They're pulling people from all over the world to come to their campus. And where are you going, really? How many schools are you splitting the talent between, really, when it comes to the 100 and the 400 who are recruiting at that elite level, right? You're not seeing an elite 100 guy go to NAU, right? You're not seeing hey. an elite. Well, I mean, it could happen. Don't criticize Mike with the boys. Sprint recruiting, yeah, you know, you never know. <laughs> running with the boys, season four, that'd be awesome. Just all these altitude marks, four just by guys, one. just running nine sixes all the time in the dome, right? So it's not split between that many. It's not split between that many many people. Okay, we have the all time. We have the list right now. So China is ahead of of Houston right now for the all time mark. That is funny to look at. China, Houston, Brazil, LSU, the age old like, rivalry between Brazil and LSU. Yeah, so I don't, I don't see it. No? Well, you have one country ahead of them. I just don't see it at these world relays. Uh, it happening. Maybe, maybe I'll be, maybe I'll be proven wrong, and we'll get a fast track. We'll see. I mean, I agree All with right. you. I don't see it happening either. But I think that's kind of sad that a country you underrate. Can't beat you know, college. The pro, you're underrating the NCAA when you say that. That's that's what you're doing. You're underrating how good the NCAA is relative to the general track population. Like, there's a reason you why. Have low well, you have low expectations of countries. You have low expectations of colleges. So we're just going to have to be at this impasse, I feel like. I, I just – I think it's – is there a better system or is there a more elite system right now in the world for 18 to 22-year-olds? You're not getting all the top 18 to 22-year-olds, of course, right? You're not getting – Ingebrigtsen, you didn't get Bolt when he was 18 to 22, but you're getting a fair share of people, not, not just in the United States, but all over the world coming and competing in the system. The talent gets spread out amongst a, a pool of schools, not an enormous pool of schools, but a big enough pool of schools to where it slows it down. But no, there, I mean, there's a reason why this is such a jumping off point to international success. Okay, for but question, athletes. question. Yeah, and then question. we got to take this break here. Could the Good. what place would the Baylor men's basketball team finish at the Olympic Games in basketball? I don't. I don't know. Do you, like I the know. idea of like a college going up against a country, like the country or Spain's basketball national basketball team would probably destroy Baylor, right? Would Baylor would win guess, any yes. games in, in in an Olympic in an Olympic? Uh, college bas uh, Olympic basketball tournament. Would Baylor win any? I would guess they could be competitive with the, is it six to 16 teams get in or 12? Yeah. Teams for, 16, for Olympic whatever, basketball. 12, yeah. I mean, there's different dynamics, team versus individual as well. Yeah. It's just not. I, I, look, I, and I you're, agree. You're, you're also is the best of the best. And I am trying to be devil's advocate here for the sake of well, argument. And it, helps conversation go but i do think it is kind of eye-opening that countries aren't as good as schools i don't know this is like come on well here's the thing though but here's the here's here's the here's the the the, the issue with that the the the, the part of the difference in the comparison there is athletes in certain events are able to in different sports are able to peak at different times and i'm saying for a 400 meter runner 18 to 22 is not rare one two with a four by one a lot of it depends on how many times you're attempting to do it right how many times is houston going to run the four by one this year versus how many times is a usa squad going to run the four by one this year or a great britain a squad right houston's going to run it way more how much how much is houston yeah. practicing it's a it's a huge huge difference there too whereas baylor basketball team and the spanish basketball team um are theoretically practicing as a team because they're not, there's no individual, there's no three-point contest at the Olympics that they're saying, you know what, 
I'm going to focus on the three-point contest. And at the end of the meet, I'm going to do this team competition. Like the whole thing is competing as a team. We got to pause there for a second. So when we come back, we're going we're gonna to run the Under Armour Performance Series uh, of the week where you talked um, with Shalea Houlihan and Stephen Haas. And then we come back, we're going to talk about Des Linden running Boston, a steeple mark, steeple marks that didn't count because of a misplaced starting line. And then you're going to talk a little bit about your NCAA rankings. Does that sound good? Sounds good. Okay. So here's this week's edition of the Under Armour Performance Series. We'll be back in a couple minutes. And now it's time for the Under Armour Performance Series. Under Armour is more than an apparel or shoe company. They are a human performance company trying to not only make their athletes better, but everyone a better runner. In this series, we've been talking to several athletes, coaches, and trainers on a variety of topics to help improve you as a runner from preparation, nutrition, training, and competing, and even recovery. Today's guests, we have the Under Armour Dark Sky coaches, Shayla Houlihan and Stephen Haas. Shayla and Stephen, thanks for joining us. How are you guys doing? Good. Good. <laughs> thanks, thanks for having, having us. us. Yeah, thanks for being here. Living in Flagstaff. Uh, hopefully, what's the weather like in Flag right now? Is it good? Is it bad? What? What? How's Flagstaff treating you? Yeah, it's absolutely beautiful yeah. today. We finally uh, finally got a little little warm weather coming in. So spring, spring's coming. Cool, cool, cool. Stephen, I just want to ask the first question. Dark Sky uh, team, how did that come to be? This training group that was developed into Flagstaff and now has all these great Under Armour athletes. Yeah, so um, it, it started as a just a, a relationship with some of the some of the Under Armour athletes that had, had chose to move here and, and train in Flagstaff and had signed on. Obviously, before before we had a team, um, athletes like Rachel Snyder and, and, and Pat Casey and uh, e even Emily Durgan. Um, and, and yeah, we we had a we had a sort of a, a group of athletes that were here training and. Um, uh, working closely with the brand, working closely with uh, with um, sports marketing with with UA, we uh, talked a lot about how we could make this a really good environment and also really good for the brand and uh, collaboration between the athletes and the brand to again help with uh, product and and help uh, bring legitimacy to Under Armour as a running company. So um, yeah, it, it sort of formed out of. Uh, out of necessity really and, and uh yeah it, it's uh it's a great environment uh, obviously being at seven thousand feet and being in one of the best uh best places in the world to train uh sort of a no-brainer that we we could have a really really successful group here shayla you were in the collegiate ranks coaching how did you come to join uh steven and flag to be part of this group yeah, um, I had uh, finished up my time at Cal and um, was looking for a new spot to kind of dive into and, and start something new. And um, me and Hass have been longtime friends and colleagues, and I kind of had reached out to him for a little bit of help. And he's like, well, I have this idea, this thing that might come full circle. Um, and he was like super secretive about it. And it was pretty funny, but we ended up uh, meeting at the U.S. Championships and got to meet Jamie and Hannah and him. And we talked through their vision for what Dark Sky could be and would be and what it now currently is. And uh, uh, it seemed like a, the right fit for me at the time. Stephen Shayla mentions Dark Sky's vision. What would you say is the overall mission and philosophy of the group? Yeah, um, I, I think uh, our, our mission is to bring really good athletes together and have a uh, an awesome training environment and let the athletes uh, provide all the resources to the athletes that, that we can to help them be successful and to help them reach their goals. Um, you know, we, we want to combine the altitude of, of Flagstaff. We want to combine uh high-end training we want to combine um you know great resources with physio and massage and uh strength training and and, and then you know most importantly we want to we want to provide really quality training uh partners for for all the athletes so that we can um have them train together and and 
work together towards uh, you know reaching their goals. So um, yeah, that's sort of our our mission and our goal here with the group. And um, yeah, off to a really good start in, in in officially year one. Shayla, tell us a little bit about the new Under Armour shoe that was just released. The shoe named Flow, not to be confused with Flow Track, but Flow F L O W. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, what was, was there any, uh, collaboration between yourself, your fellow coaches, your athletes, and kind of coming up with this new shoe design, um, in the year 2021? Yeah. Um, you know, the, the whole flow line and, and everything, uh, that has come out has been really collaborative, uh, with our shoe people. And, um, we've been able to do some shoe testing and give feedback and it's almost like real-time well it is real-time feedback that we're getting with them and being able to give them uh what they need to make the shoe that much better um so really when you put on the flow sorry i have it on my my foot so i'm looking at it um when i when you're put the the new shoe on you're gonna be able to say hey this is something that pat casey made or emily durgan or uh scully was able to have input into this shoe so it's uh it's been really awesome this uh the first couple of years being here with under armor and seeing the way that they utilize the athletes and utilize the feedback that they give in order to make their shoes that much better. And ultimately it's making our athletes better. So it's been a really cool collaboration for sure. You mentioned collaboration during the series. We talked to some of your fellow Under Armour colleagues who work on the human performance side of things, the team out in Portland. Um, how, what is your relationship like with the human performance team in Portland and how have they been helpful for you and your athletes? Yeah, they've been absolutely awesome. We have the human performance lab out in Portland and uh, we've been able to send um, athletes out there that have had some legging injuries and um, they've been really helpful just running a bunch of tests, running biomechanical analysis on them and then really taking those function move movement screenings and putting them into an actual program that they can utilize on a daily basis to um, improve their overall functionality as an athlete so it's um it's been so awesome to be able to work with mikey and paul out there and just the whole human performance team out there well shayla and steve i appreciate you taking the time to be on this podcast Best of luck in this Olympic year. Do we know when we'll see any of your athletes uh, running in the outdoor season? Yeah, we'll, we'll get started here pretty soon, end of April. And then, uh, yeah, hopefully hopefully a lot in May. And then, yeah, even more so in June. So, uh, yeah, hopefully first weekend of – or last weekend of April at, at, at Drake and potentially a couple spots in, uh, in May as well. We're just trying to iron those out. But, uh, yeah, coming coming soon. Cool. Well, thanks for joining us and uh, best of luck this season. Thanks, Gordon. Thank you. <laughs> and we're back. We have a heated discussion going on right now in the comment section, Gordon, about women's U.S. sprinting. I just want to point that out. It just uh, it did not slow down during that last segment. <laughs> but we are going to talk now real quick. We really got about 10 minutes left. Let's first talk about Des Linden. Announced that she's running the Boston Marathon, Gordon, in the fall, coming off the 50K performance that she had in Oregon, where she ran 259, first woman in history to do it. And dropping down in distance to a marathon. Anytime you can say, I'm dropping down in distance to the marathon, it's a good thing. I take it, she just does a couple strides between now and then. She's already put in the mileage and she'll be She'll be good to go. But yeah, Lyndon going back to to Boston again. What do you think her chances are of winning? I think they're pretty good for the reasons I mentioned before. The schedule being so crowded, you're not going to have as high a concentration in all the majors. We don't know the fields yet. So obviously all it would take for would be one superstar person to be entering that race, which would complicate things. But there's definitely a scenario where she goes in as the person with the best chance to win this race just because Chicago is right there. 
the Olympics. Obviously, some people are not going to recover as quickly from the Olympics. You have New York. You have everything happening over a very, very, very short time window, and we knew this was going to be the situation. So, I, I think she's she games this stuff out, right? This is not her first time round. She knows, uh, and she really wants to win win this race. I think her, her she's going to have a, a a good shot. I think she's going to have a very good shot to podium, right? I think that's going to be because she you, we know how solid she is, and the fields certainly aren't going to be as deep, but I definitely think she's going to have a chance to win this race. So when you look at, let's just look at the women's side. Uh, you take out the top three who are running at the Olympics, Tula Muck, mm-hmm. Seidel, and Kip Yego. Do you think the likes of Lyndon, Hall, D'Amato, Sisson, Taylor, Huddle, assuming Huddle and take out Huddle or Sisson if neither of them if either of them yeah. make the 10K team, do you think they're all going to dodge each other? Not where dodge is strong, but like, do you think Lyndon will do Boston? So then Sarah Hall's like, all right, I'm going to do either Chicago, New York, or London or Berlin. And then it's like, all right, I'll do the third option. And then Huddle will be like, all right, I'll do it in New York. And so like, there'll be one top tier American at each place. You know what I mean? So it kind of be like the second yeah. best American that enters Boston will be like really the 14th best American because they're kind of all staggering themselves around. And if they did do that, I kind of would like it. It would kind of be cool to have a featured person, a representative in every single one of these races versus, I mean, there is something to be said for having all in one race and being able to, to sort it out. But we had that with the Olympic trials and with the fields, the way they are, you could have people legitimately taking a shot at, at victory. I mean, it's going to come down ultimately to budgets, right. And schedules. And as you mentioned, track, you know, Sarah Hall is going to run at the track trials. She's been posting about it. Um, we know obviously Sisson, Huddle, Taylor, et cetera. Like they're going to be racing at Cara D'Amato. They're going to be going for Olympic spots. And I think at least a couple of them will, will get on the team, which will impact what they decide to do in the fall. I think some people might even run in Tokyo and then come back and run in the fall. I mean, I wouldn't put out of the question that Sarah Hall does two of these marathons, given her predilection now for racing multiple times. So it should be pretty fun. It should be pretty fun. And Lyndon, obviously, it makes sense that that she's doing this. She commits, she commits early to it, has a good amount of time to prep. And as we saw from the 50K, she's she's still still going strong. That's right. Anything else? What, right. what, what else do we have to talk about? Oh, let's talk about that 3K steeple. Um Chad uh, Nowak uh, Instagrammed out a picture of him with uh, elephants, uh, but we have a, a tweet here. Um, Craig Nowak. This was the initial right? tweet of – yeah, sorry, not Craig Nowak, not Chad Nowak. Uh, the initial tweet was about Ahmed Jazir. I talked about this. I thought it was like, well, this is crazy. Steeplechase, NCAA leading, 823 mark. And if you look at the yeah. whole list of the marks – the Tin Man guys were there. Uh, Craig Nowak ran uh, well. He won the race in all the mm-hmm. 820s. And then a few days later, I actually got a text from a coach uh, telling me, hey, those times don't count. And I was like, wait, what? And you can see this Instagram that Craig Nowak put out, him what? with elephants. Great, great choice of photo, right? Just you and the elephants. Um, <laughs> apparently, the starting line was 60 meters to 80 meters short of where it actually should have been apparently they repaved the track and when they put down the line they put it in the wrong spot man that sucks it it sucks for multiple reasons because one it sucks because the times don't count you're like all right that sucks two it sucks because you were like lied to yourself like because you came out of that race be like whoa i'm an 820 steepler when really you were like more like an 830 steepler Right. And it's like this weird feeling of like my worldview of my ability has just been flipped upside down because you had 48 hours of be like, I'm the shit. And then all of a sudden you're like, wait a minute, that wasn't real. And it's like, and then you're like, well, would I have be able to run that fast if I would have had the right, you know, because mm-hmm. also your splits are all off, off then. So maybe there is yeah. that idea that like you don't push yourself as hard in the beginning part of the race because you felt like you were on a good pace. All that stuff, it's just a, a wild thing to happen. 
how short did you say the coaches were saying it was? 60 to 80 meters. 60 to 80 meters. The other part of it is some of them could have run legitimate, you know, even if they just kept going and ran the full distance, they were on pace to run solid efforts or at least get the qualifying times that they needed to get. And now they're going to have to worry about it and do it all over again because the entire thing is scrubbed. It's not like they're going to give them a conversion and say, yeah. okay, you ran 8.30. Well, we'll just add in a bunch of time and then and then you're still going to be in a good spot. Man, stuff goes sideways in the steeple a lot because you got the inside water jump, the outside water jump. Sometimes they don't put the barriers on. Were you at Portland Track the right Festival height. with me that year? The right height? So one year at Portland Track, I believe you were there. Do you remember this? They started the race and I think they missed a barrier or, or it was at the wrong height. And I believe it was Ben Bruce that noticed and he yelled at everybody to stop so they could restart the race before they got too far along because he knew, hey, this whole thing won't count if we keep going. So they stopped the race and then restarted it. Also, there's crazy yeah. finishes like this one. Check out this finish. This was a good steeple finish for those of you watching. Go ahead. Keep going. Yeah, what 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 are we looking at? I don't I don't know what what is this a Baylor situation? What this was big. Here? This was Big Twelve a couple of years ago. This is just this the this crazy well, that's not big this crazy. That's, oh, never that's mind. Baylor, I don't know what we're watching. Yeah, I don't know what we're watching. But regardless, um, <laughs> <laughs> who cares? Yeah, I mean, steeple. You have you have the cone situation that happened. Remember when uh, there was like cones misplaced at an ATL meet, and then the marks didn't count. Yeah. You said uh, the Portland Track Festival where. The barrier wasn't at the right height or the right spot. It just keeps – we can't get the steeplechase figured out. I think it's because it's yeah, not yeah, a yeah. uniform – it's not a uniform thing where, like, the hurdles is, like, they all go to the same place because the pit is different yeah, spots yeah. and the, it's different distance. The track is shaped weird. Steeple's yeah. weird, well, man. Well, sometimes – yeah. Well, sometimes that starting line – and if you've only seen it at one track, you just assume – that's where the steeple starting line is. Okay, it's about midway, a little bit closer to the 200-meter start. Yeah, down the back stretch, A little bit closer to the 200 start than, than where a, a 300 would start. But then you go to another track, and it's a completely uh, different start. And the interior and exterior water pits have a huge uh, influence on when they hit that, that first barrier. It's just – it's so many things to remember. And, yeah, you got to get it right, but this is a tough, tough break. I mean, I guess the only thing you can do is then post an Instagram with yourself with elephants at that point, correct? Maybe it's like the elephant in the room was like, hey, he's not an 820 steepler yet. Maybe I don't know that's what it was, but hey. I read the whole thing. I'm excited for those guys to get another crack at it uh, to be able to show that they are in shape and fit, you know. Because again, 60 meters, what is that? 10, 8 seconds? What is it? Right, right. Yeah. Know. Maybe. And so that's what I'm he, saying. You, you, you'd you, almost like want to be like, negotiate with them. You want to negotiate with the NCAA and be like, listen, I'll, heck, add like 12 seconds to my time. I'll take it. Just make it so that way I have this qualifying time because that's a long way to go without having anything to show for it. Last story here. Last thing I want to talk about was your NCAA rankings. Are those up now? Oh, they're up. they're up. They be up. Okay. They're up. I can tell you high level things have changed. I think it's kind of interesting on the women's team side. It's um, close. I have a tie. Almost three-way tie on the women's mm -hmm. side. 60 A&M, 60 points USC, 58 points LSU. You can't get any closer than that. I could have probably tried to fake it and like – found a way to like take one point away from AM and USC to and one point more to LSU to make it all a three way tie. Yeah. But it's not even just a three way tie because Texas at forty nine, Georgia at forty four, and then two Moors at forty two. Like though the top yeah. seven are all NCAA title contending teams, which is pretty good on the women's side. And then on the men's side, it's LSU by a lot. Oregon, I don't know what Oregon can do. They're going to need to do something. But LSU just has more events to do well in. Oregon loses the DMR. They lose the 3K. You know, they they don't have as good of, like, 
like LSU has a good hammer thrower and they have a good, mm. you know, four by one. So things that Oregon just can't do. And then after Oregon, you have basically the the powerhouses, the sprint powerhouses like a Florida and USC in contention with the distance teams in Iowa State and BYU. So you have LSU, Oregon, pretty much they're going one, two. And then you got this cool little battle between like these stalwarts like Florida, USC, Florida State going against the newcomers mm -hmm. like BYU and Iowa State. So that's there you have it. the distance. Your, that's your the high level that's happened. Your high level rankings breakdown. If people want to see the full complement of rankings, go to the site and they're all there. Still waiting for some people to debut. I don't know how much longer we're going to wait for people to debut because the clock is, is ticking. But there's definitely some people who, if they start racing, could influence these rankings. Yeah, I mean, we still have yet to see, like, Yair Nagus run a, a, a true 1500. Yeah. Not sure when we'll get that. Um, obviously, the NAU guys haven't run yet. Uh, Cooper Tier hasn't run his marquee event. Um, some of the... Better 10K guys haven't like is Connor Mance run a 10K yet? Probably not, right? No, no. Yeah, so we haven't seen like Connor Mance in a 10K. Uh, I think we're gonna see a lot of really good. Let's get ahead of it. The West Coast relays, which are live on yeah. flow in two weeks, that is gonna be a legitimate meet, not just on the college side, but on the pro side as well. As well, and we're gonna see a really fast 5Ks, 10Ks, 1500s. Um, so steeples. what else? What up? Steeples. Yeah, with the right starting line. I'm sure we'll make sure we're starting the line at the right spot. But I'm really excited for the end of the month West Coast relays in Fresno State. It's gonna be basically a Peyton Jordan type meet because we have no Peyton Jordan this year. So I'm excited for that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right, we'll leave it there. Flowtrack podcast at gmail.com. As you mentioned before, interview with Trayvon Bromel on the pod tomorrow. won't be live, but it'll be in your feed or on the site or on YouTube. The Trayvon Bromel film will be released tomorrow as well. Gordon and I will be back on Friday to preview the rest of the weekend action. Thanks to Alon and Travis for producing. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in live. We'll talk to you next time.